Good evening, church family. Um, we are so excited to worship with you this morning. And um, my name is Chris. I'm on staff here at the church um, in the youth department, and I lead worship. Um, I love to with our pursuit community on Sunday nights. Um, and I got Jess with me and Melissa on the keys from our pursuit community. And we got Zoe here from the South community and Donovan from the 33 community. And we're so happy to just come together as a team and lead you guys in worship. Um, so yeah, in your space where you are, I just invite you to, to take this time and just quiet yourself before Jesus, before the throne. So God, we thank you for this, God. We thank you that um, in spite of everything that's going on in this world, um, the fact that we're still online and we still can't gather like we used to, God, you are working and you you work in ways we never could imagine. So I thank you for that. And I ask, Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you fill us in our homes right now? Come into our homes. Just rush in like that that holy wind, like in the upper room, like you did, God, in the Bible. Um, we just, I want your presence. And as, as we sing this morning, we declare that you are good, God, and, and you are worthy of all our praise. So we just we praise you. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ, the risen one. Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar? When the lost began to sing of Jesus Christ, the saving one. And we see that God's moving, mighty river through the nations. When young and old return to Jesus, fling wide you heavenly gates. Declare the way of the risen Lord. Open up the doors. Let the music play. Let the streets resound with singing. Songs that bring your home. Songs that bring your joy, dancers to dance upon your justice. Did you feel the darkness tremble when all the saints join in one song and all the streams flow as one river? Wash away our brokenness 
And we see that God you're moving A time of jubilee is coming Young and old return to Jesus We sing, sing wide Sing wide, you heavenly gates Prepare the way of the to you and I won't be overwhelmed give me vision to see things like you do 
God, I look to you, and you where my help comes from. Give me wisdom, you know just what to do. Hallelujah, 
Your name. 
that we live in. Father, every day as things are complicated and messy, Father, that your name brings light into that darkness. It is powerful. It is love. And we're so thankful that every day we don't have to face without you. I pray that we can bring that name to our everyday lives, Father. Be that light in the darkness that people are, are living in. We love Thanks, church family. We love you guys a lot. Um, I just wanted to mention one thing um, for for those of you with uh, youth, anywhere from grade six to twelve, we have um, ARC day camps coming at the end of August, and we would love for you guys to come. You can register online. Um, the grade six camps—they're in two-day camps, so grade six to eight camps are August twenty-fourth and twenty-fifth. And then grade 9 and 10 camps are August 27th, 28th. And then August 26th, we're going to have a fun day for the grade 11s and 12s down at City Park. And if you guys have any questions, you can email me, Jesse Stewart, or Jenna Stewart, 
And, um, yeah, we want you guys to come to camp. And if you need any help, let us know. Anyways, we love you, church. And, um, yeah, have a great day. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dual gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. The Ark is moving to Maple Springs Bible Camp this summer for two exciting day camps at the end of August. These camps are for youth in grades 6 to 10. Registration is now open. We are also collecting donations for those who would like to support youth to go to camp this year. All of that information plus registration can be found online at cahoots.ca slash ARC. Do you have kids? If you do, we hope that you're part of our online community on Facebook. Every week we are posting fun family challenges, craft time videos, family devotions, and more. Visit the Willow Park Church family's Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash WPC families. Willow Park Church in Lake Country will be putting on their 11th annual back-to-school giveaway on Sunday, August 30th. At this event, we will be giving away brand new backpacks, lunch kits, clothing, and more to families in need in Lake Country. We want to get behind this event as a church family, and we are collecting donations through our Caring Commission Fund. If you'd like to know more about this event and how you can make a donation, visit willowparkchurch.com slash backtoschool. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Well, good morning to everybody online. We're so grateful that you are joining us, whether you are watching it live this morning or whether you are watching it in the week. We have hundreds and hundreds of views on all the different platforms every week. And we're just grateful that you are here and joining the crowd of people that we have in the room. Um, actually, it's, it's getting more every week, and we're grateful that, uh, that you guys are coming out, and we're looking forward to working through Psalm 23. So grab your Bibles and grab your app. And uh, whatever else it might be that you're studying, hopefully your journal. This has been such a rich journey so far, and uh, we're believing that God will speak to us this morning as well. I'm just going to jump straight into the scripture, and then uh, we're going to frame where we're going. Uh, Psalm 23, um, arguably the most famous psalm uh, in terms of people's uh, awareness of it in our culture, and uh, just brought comfort and encouragement to millions over many, many years. And we've just been working through it bit by bit, and it's so rich. And, uh, and it's, we're up to verse 3 today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so one of the things that I've been encouraging our church to do, and those of you who are listening online as well, is to learn this psalm. It's six verses, uh, it, and it's just such an, an amazingly abundant uh, piece of Scripture. And Sarah and I were talking about it this week, 
And as we've been meditating and thinking about it and praying through it and memorizing it and listening to songs about it, it just seems to get, it's like good red wine, just seems to get better and better. You know, uh, apart from you can drink this. This is, this is good. Uh, well, I suppose you can drink good red wine as well. There's no problem with that, uh, depending on your belief. But anyway, moving on, because I don't want any emails. Um, so this is just such a beautiful psalm. And in the first week, we talked about the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. And without going into great detail, it's important that we start here, is David is saying two very opposite things. He's saying the Lord, Yahweh, and which was an unutterable name at the time. It was so holy, so amazing, so incredible, so ultimate that they didn't even want to say it. <clears throat> it, it literally is the I am of God. It's my shepherd companion, friend, somebody who is close by, somebody available, somebody who is interested. And we talked about John chapter 1, where Jesus, who is the word of God, John says in the first chapter, immediately goes from this amazing divine picture to Jesus being intricately involved in a local wedding. It's the divine and the details. And it's this amazing promise that David starts off saying, look, if you have the Lord as your shepherd, then you will not want. Now, does that mean that we'll never want anything? It doesn't mean that. It means that deeper than that, we're not going to lack anything. And then he jumps into the next few verses that's describing what does that look like. And so last week we looked at peace and restoration and green pastures and soul peace, soul rest. Not just taking a day off, but deep soul rest. What does that look like? And so you can catch up on all those messages online at the website. But this week, we're moving into this next verse. First of all, I need to ask, uh, just by show of hands, uh, we're not going to do a drive-by guilting. But if you lie, you'll have to ask for forgiveness later. How's the Psalm 23 memorizing going? Okay, good. Well, I'm really glad that you with, is there anybody who's actually learned Psalm 23? I'm not going to ask you to do, really? That's great. That's so cool. Peter's done it. Who else? Sorry, by show of hands. You know what? You guys are amazing. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, well, shame on you. No, no, joking. No shame. No guilt. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, So we spent a lot of time and energy uh, trying to figure out our future. It's a massive industry. Like, what are you going to do next? I mean, I, I mean we've, I've been involved in education. That was, my, that was my career, if you like, before becoming a pastor. I was a teacher and then an administrator. And, and my wife still works at a school. And I know there's just, when you hit a certain grade, it's all about what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Like, I'm 15. I can barely get out of bed in the morning. And you want me to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That's a lot of pressure to put on a 15-year-old kid, you know? And then it, and then it just gets, seems to get worse. It's like at 16, you've really got to decide. And I'm not criticizing parents that are encouraging their kids to make some decisions. But if you think about it big picture, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. And, and I had the same experience. Like at 16, I think I've shared before, I wanted to be a stuntman. I was, I was solely dedicated to my film industry career. That's what I wanted to do. And my experience was because I like jumping off stuff. You know, I'm not a stuntman. I don't like jumping off stuff. Well, a little bit now. But that's not what I do. And so we, and then we move into our 20s and we're maybe taking degrees and we're making decisions about our future. What does our path look like? What does, 
And it's important because we want to have a sense of surety and security. We want to try and get rid of uncertainty. And, and in our culture of being an individual, we, we need to make those decisions quickly so we can get on the right path, achieve our dreams. It brings comfort to know the direction we're going in. And God has wired us that way. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't go to an extreme. But it's, it's comforting knowing that we're on the right path. A few years ago, a couple of years ago, uh, Sarah and I went to Arizona. And those of you who have been to Arizona, you'll know it's very hot. And so we thought, okay, it's really hot. Just being outside is hot. You know, they have the misters. It's people are running from air conditioning to air conditioning. So we thought, hey, that's a good idea. Why don't we go for a walk in the desert? You know, because what's it, Mission Creek, desert. I mean, it's just a walk, right? A couple, three-hour walk, not a problem. We even, we even had a, one of those marital discussions about how much water we should take. I was like, we should take lots of water. Sarah's like, no, nah, Tony, we're fine. Only a little. Guess who was right for once? Yes. Because I tell you, how many of you have actually walked in a desert, like a hike in the desert? I'm sure there's quite a few of you. It, there's nothing like it. It's really interesting. And mentally, I was very excited because all I had was John Wayne movies in my mind, like Western movies. And it's, this is called Superstition Mountain. How cool is that? And, uh, and it's in Arizona. I mean, they have great names for mountains. You get out and you literally, within minutes, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere and you're suddenly on the set of a Western. I'm living out my boyhood dreams. It's, it's wonderful. Very quickly, though. Within half an hour, you start realizing how important that path is. You stray off that path. I mean, you keep walking. You'll end up at the border, heading down into Mexico, into more desert and more trouble, you know, um, because you likely get arrested for even trying to get, you know, and I'm thinking, how close are we to the border? I didn't even know. Probably a long way, but this path is really important. The water is really important. It's unlike any experience we'd had. I'm very glad we took water and not Diet Pepsi. You need the right equipment to go on the right path because that path gives you comfort. But it's still tough. Two hours in, I'm like, when is this going to end? And then I start thinking about people who get lost in the desert and, you know, all this crazy stuff. Are we going the right way? And there's no animals, scorpions, yes, but, you know, this, this, it's a really weird experience. The path is so important. And so in life, whether you're a Christian or whether you're just breathing today, being on the right path is so important. We want to be on the right path. We want to have the right equipment for the path so that we can have the right outcome. Because if we stray off that path, then the consequences are very real and very dire. The alternative actually is described in another scripture in Jeremiah 50. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. Now that will preach. If you start thinking about the shepherds and the voices that are in our culture, leading people astray telling them they're in the right path, telling them that they're in the right direction. But the reality is, if we keep reading, have caused them to roam on the mountains. Isn't that a great reflection of where our life and our culture is, that we're just kind of roaming around? 
You know, and the shepherds, their voices, there's influences, there's schools, there's universities, there's people, there's podcasts, this plethora of information, plethora of, uh, of shepherds all saying, go this way, do this, come along this path. You need to know that the path you're on is the right one because you will cause you to roam around. They wandered over mountain and hill and forgot their own resting place. Peace and rest just disappear. When you're roaming, You might be on a path, but how do you know it's the right path? And I'm talking about deeper than what you do for a career or or what your next step is. Because honestly, it's less about what you do and more about who you are in what you do. And actually what you do will emerge from who you are if you're on the right path. But it's so important. And the promise of the King Jesus today, the Good Shepherd, is that I will lead you on paths of righteousness. Because here's the reality about sheep. Sheep are fascinating creatures. They are dumb, dumb, dumb creatures. They really are. And what, they, what the shepherd, they're so reliant on the shepherd. Because sheep are creatures of habit. They will, and you can look across, um, you can look across fields where sheep have been, and you will see sheep tracks. Once they get on a path, they will wear that path down till it's a rut. Is that not us? Maybe you're feeling like you're stuck in a rut today. I don't know what that rut might be, but you've just been treading the same path. And it feels like a rut. And unless sheep are introduced to new pastures, they will eat a hill or a pasture down to wilderness. They will eat the grass so much that they'll actually start eating the root. And unless the shepherd moves them on, that, that, that area that they've been feeding on will just turn into desert in Israel and nothing in other parts of the country and in the world just becomes a wilderness. And then they start polluting the places they're eating. And you know what I mean by polluting, like pooping, on the places they're eating, and then they start eating what they're pooping on, and then they get diseases and worms and scabs, and and it's just nasty, all because they're stuck, stuck in the same place, stuck in a rut, stuck in a habit, and that is an amazing picture of where we're at, that we can get stuck, and we can just feed on the same stuff. And this stuff is not giving you nutrition. This stuff, these images, the, the things that are com- constantly bombarding us every day. Different voices, different shepherds, different imagery, different marketing. Different you should be, you should do this, don't do that, go there, don't say this, don't think that. All this can weigh down and you're feeding on it and you feel stuck. And the crazy thing is, is we think we know best. Sheep are very belligerent. They're like, they get stuck, and, and they're, they're hard to corral. And again, as much as I don't want to be a sheep, do you remember my first message? I wish he'd chosen something else. A lion. There's lions in Israel. Let's be a lion, David. There's hippopotamuses in Israel. Arguably, they are better than sheep. But sheep are belligerent. They get stuck in habits. They, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a sheep. They think they know best. I think I know best. Don't tell me what to do. Especially in our culture, you, you have everything you need. You don't need anybody else. This individual sense of you don't need community. Can I tell you, you need church. You need to be together. We were created to be together. This isolation is so detrimental. 
but we think we know, we know better. So I was thinking about an illustration of this, and I started thinking about when I was a kid, and thinking we know better, we don't need anybody to tell us what to do, and my mind started going, and then something popped up on one of my friend's feeds, and I was like, this is it, this is, this is, the, this is my illustration, and this is it. Oh, yes. Come on then, how many have had a chopper? Really? You were the kids that I looked at going, oh, I wish I had one of those. How many of you were a kid like me that wished that they had one of these? Yes, more hands. This thing was a death trap on wheels. And yet here it says, approved by the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents. You're right. This is from a catalog. I think it might be Argos for those of you from Britain watching this. It says here, only 92 pence per week over 50 weeks. Like, let's, let's teach our kids debt. 92 pence per week. I had to get my calculator out and work out how much was this bike. That's like 92. This, it had reflectors. It, you change the gear in the middle. How cool is this? Also available in hot red. Or lemon. I'm sorry. If you were getting a lemon chopper, you're going to get beaten up. That, that's what's going to happen. It doesn't go together. Hot red, yeah, blue. This thing was fantastic because you could pull wheelies. You could do incredible jumps. And then, of course, the next thing was setting up a ramp with bricks and getting your mates to lay down. How many of you have done this? Oh, yes. Come on. Seriously, John, you never did that? Something similar, okay. What I love about this picture, first of all, is on the top of it, and you can't see it, it says something like St. John's Church Youth Group. (laughs) Some things don't change, Pastor Joel. Look at this kid. He's absolutely delighted to be there. This kid, he's the one (laughs) who really is in trouble. Because I'm thinking the trajectory already is a bit dodgy. Sometimes you'd go up, bricks would collapse, you'd kill people. You know, they're just like how delighted they are. It's fantastic. We think we know better. And as parents, we can look at that and go, are you mad? But as kids, you go, it's the best thing ever. Why wouldn't do this? Go, this chopper. This kid is a hero. He's evil Knievel. Look at him. About to hurt his friends. It's great. They're just delighted. You see, we think we know better. What seems to be like a good idea in the moment when we say yes to something. And that small word can have repercussions and consequences. That in that moment, if only somebody had come along and whispered, no. Or worse, somebody did come along and go, no, what are you thinking? Don't marry that person. Don't go out with that person. Don't do this. It's not good. It's not right. It's going to... It's going to lead to problems. And you go, let's set up the bricks and the plank. It's going to be great. Yes, can lead to so many consequences. No, can lead to so many consequences. Lifelong consequences. And so as a pastor, this is what we really want from Pastor Glenn, many of us. Is we want a list of how do we hear from the voice of God. Step one. Step two, step three. How do, we, how do we avoid being led astray? Like in all the different aspects of our life, who to marry, 
who not to marry, who to date, which school to go to, which job to take, which decision to make when you're in the job, which app to download, which TV show to watch, which TV show not to watch. There's so many everyday decisions. Wouldn't it be better if we had an overriding path that we walked on that would just guide us through these decisions without each individual decision becoming so overwhelming about finding yes or no to to what God wants us to do. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times where where God asks us to do something. We need to seek him and we need to find out his will. Those are specific times of life. And I'm going to talk about that. But the day-to-day stuff, I don't know about you, but are you stopping every minute and asking God whether or not you should do this or should do that? And you know what? Maybe you are, and that's wonderful. But everyday life, walking around Canadian Superstore, making decisions, I'm not in a constant state of smoke around my feet, worship songs happening, just this constant state of listening to Jesus and the intimacy of his presence. How do we, how do we live on the right path? We need to be live, uh, led well. Because like a flock of sheep, we will flourish if we're led well. If we're on the right path, we will flourish. So the big question then is, where does Jesus promise to lead us. He could have said all sorts of things, David, that that, that Jesus leads us toward, or that God, the I am, will lead us towards blessing, or happiness, or prosperity, or or wealth, or, and he doesn't. What he actually says is he leads me in paths of righteousness. What? I mean, that's no help. I want to know whether I should marry this girl. Well, he'll lead you in paths of righteousness. No, this girl, or this guy, or that school, or that job, or that location, or that car, or that's the, I need help in those, Lord. You said you're my companion, you're my shepherd, help me in those things. This word righteousness, though, is a really powerful word. We don't actually have a good word to describe what this word means. That Jesus will lead us in paths, and we want a path. Of what kind of path? A path of righteousness. This word righteousness, the, the root Hebrew word is zedekar. And, and it's this idea of being in right relationship. Right relationship with God and right relationship with others. So, how do we get on the right path and stay on the right path? How do we answer the very human need for security and comfort in the decisions we make? How do we know whether this is right or this is wrong? The answer is being in right relationship with God and others. Now, I don't know about you. When I started studying this, this was a bit of a revelation. It's like, okay, how does being in right relationship with God and right relationship with others lead me to make good decisions about what is in front of me? Because if we can find that out, comfort, security, joy, peace, rest comes. It's like this overriding guidance without having to get into all the nitty gritty of the everyday. So how does that happen? Maybe, maybe we don't want to hear this. In our culture, we love lists, top 10 ways of finding the right way with God. You know, maybe we want an acronym or a seminar to go to, or we want something really simple. Well, God has made it really, really simple, and it's and it's this. And please listen to this, and maybe write this down. You can pause the video or whatever, and and write this down. 
you stay on the right path by doing the right things because you are loving the God of the right things. That you will naturally follow the path if you are naturally following God. If you're in the right relationship with God, you will naturally follow the right path. If you have your eyes upon Jesus and following him as your standard in life, you will naturally follow the path. But just like that desert path, sometimes it's tough. And sometimes we might stray off a little bit, but we'll always know the path. So following God naturally results in naturally following the right path. You see, we can be obedient to God and his ways because Jesus was obedient. That it's not my hard work to stay on the path. It's his hard work that enables me to stay on the path. It was his hard work on the cross, his love for me, that results in me loving him and makes me want to do the right thing and follow after him. You see, a recognition of, first of all, letting go of your own paths, recognizing that your path may not be the right one. Maybe you're stuck in a rut. Maybe it's polluted. Maybe it's causing problems. Recognizing that first, that we are actually, that sin reigns in our life outside of Jesus. Recognizing that Jesus is king that we're not king and queen of our own lives, that we need help, that we need him, we need forgiveness, so we can get back on, or we can get on this path of righteousness. That recognizing that when Jesus died on the cross, that my sin, your sin, if you believe in him, your shame, if you believe in him, my shame, was applied or imputed onto Jesus. It dies with him, and then beautifully, his righteousness You hear that word? His right standing, his relationship, his righteousness gets imputed onto my life. And suddenly, I'm on the path. I'm on the path. I'm on the path of righteousness. That is mine. It's a gift. It's who I am. That's where it starts. That I can be obedient to the things of God because Jesus is obedient to the things of God. That he went to the cross And then my transformed heart leads to transformed behavior and transformed decisions and transformed desires. That my heart has been transformed. That's the promise of Christianity. It's not something that you just add on to your life like this is a good idea. It radically, from the inside out, changes you forever, transforms your heart, transforms your thinking on an ongoing basis so that you're... Uh, actions get transformed, your desires get transformed, your thinking gets transformed, and suddenly you find yourself on a righteous path. That his ways emerge. You develop, you develop an instinct for the right path. So we go back to really practical. Do I do this? Do I do that? Should I go there? Should I marry this person? Should I think about this? Should I do this? Should I? And these are all very real questions. It's like you just develop an instinct for what is righteous. It's not like, oh gosh, what should I do? Because often what happens is we forget all about God until we really need him. And then the danger is to blame him if he doesn't seem to pull through with what we want. It's kind of ironic. We've ignored him, but now it's your fault. 
So what happens if we're not careful? We don't actually bring him into our life on a day-to-day basis, but then we look to him for guidance, and it seems like all is quiet. I don't know. I don't know which way to go. God's silent. Well, is he actively speaking in your life every day? Because if he is, you will have an instinct for what is right. You'll have an instinct for what is right. Um, My son, Jack, has recently got the best job in the world, in my opinion. I thought Starbucks was pretty good. He's got nothing on this job. He works at Michael Brook Golf Course as the cart kid. Okay, first of all, great title, cart kid. And he just gets, he, he drives carts around, cleans them, and, and then he goes around the course on a gator, um, filling in divots and moving branch. I'm like, sign me up. That sounds like a great job. Like, there'd be days I'd be very happy with that. He's got a great job. And so he's got this interest in golf. Luke likes golf. I play golf uh, every now and again, but still manage to beat Luke. Like Jesus. Um, but golf is all about developing habits until you instinctively just hit that thing right. It's like driving a car. You develop habits. You're not consciously thinking, oh, now I should do this, and now I should do that, and I should do this. And should, well, maybe some of us should be thinking more. But it becomes an instinct. Christianity is the same. That if we get on the right path and we become Christians and we invite Jesus into our lives and then we dedicate ourselves to hearing his voice, you will instinctively know the path of righteousness. So suddenly when you have all these decisions, a large part of the confusion is done away with because you're already in a relationship with God to be able to hear his voice and the quiet whisper. If we're straining to hear, maybe it's because we're doing this a lot of the rest of the time in our lives. You just have an instinct as to what is right. You'll know whether it's right or wrong. Now, this is a danger. Let me just pull this in. I hear this a lot from young adults especially, but this isn't just young adults. Well, I really feel that God is saying dot, dot, dot. We need to be careful with that. There are times when God speaks through feelings and emotions. He gave, it us, he gave emotions to us. That's, that's okay. He created them. He'll use them. But if the rest of our lives were kind of just dedicated to being on our own path, and then suddenly we pull in the, where I really feel that God wants me to, just so that nobody can say anything against it, let's be honest. Oh, you pulled the God said card. Okay, well, what am I going to say? Because God told me no. God said yes to you, so we have a bit of a bit challenging. We have to be careful for using that card. When you say, God has told me, then say it very reverently. Because I'm hoping and praying that if you do actually say that as part of your vocabulary, that God tells you a lot of stuff in the in-between times. That you're actually focusing on God in the in-between times, in between the big decisions. Transformed hearts lead to transformed behavior. So how does this instinct happen? How do you instinctively know you're on the path of righteousness? This is a fascinating verse. Hebrews 5, 13 to 14. Anyone who lives on milk, this is talking about the word of God, intimacy with God, hearing from God, being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, isn't that interesting? You become mature by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That you will know the right and the wrong path. 
because you have constantly trained yourself to hear the voice of God on a day-to-day basis. You've constantly trained yourself by turning to his word, turning to his community, turning to what is good and right and excellent and pure and beautiful, so that when you actually have a decision, you will instinctively be able to know what is good and what is evil. In fact, I'll go further, you will have to convince yourself to do something because you'll just know it's wrong. And I am fantastic at selling anything to myself. Honestly, like I would be in so much debt and problems and troubles if it wasn't for, first of all, Sarah going, really? You really think that God said that? And then me going back to the Lord. And as I've grown up and hopefully I've matured, I've actually realized I'm starting to hear the voice of God better. Not in some kind of supernatural weird way, just as a natural instinctive way on a day-to-day basis. And that is what it's about to hear the word, and the will of God. So, when you come back to some of the examples, let's pull this together as we come to an end. As we come back to some of these examples of where to go, what to do, what career should I have, what person should I marry, what person should I go out with, should I watch this show, should I listen to this music, should I download this app, should I move to this location, should I go to YWAM, should I go to this, should I do that, well, The answer to YWAM is no right now, because you can't get out of the country. That's an easy one. Um, You know, should I, should I, will I, could I, do I? Can we just relax and ask one question? Just the one question. What's the path of righteousness that God has placed me on? What do I just sense? That you don't try and kid yourself into an answer that you really want, but you're listening to the answer that you really need. Because God is constantly speaking to you. That's a way safer place to be. That's constant water, constant milk, constant guidance on a day-to-day basis. So let me encourage you, if you're in business and you're wondering whether you should take this or do that or go there or lay this person off or do this and do that, that yes, you spend time praying over it. That's important. But you will instinctively somehow be able to just know Now, this is a dangerous sermon because on one hand, I'm saying, hey, just do what feels right. And if you listen to what I just said a minute ago, that's not the case. You will instinctively know the will of God if you consistently press into the will of God in the in-between times. Don't convince yourself of others, which is why last week I talked about taking two chapters of Mark every day and look at what Jesus did. Because that's starting the training of righteousness. What did Jesus do? How did he respond? How should I respond? And then slowly over time, it's called sanctification. Slowly over time, he will emerge out of your habits. His goodness and his mercy and his love and his joy just become part of who you are. You'll have to work hard to do the wrong things because you will naturally, instinctively want to do the right things. That's a good place to be. And that's the promise that God gives us. That as we, got, as we follow him into green pastures, as we, lay, as we enjoy those beautiful spiritual waters, as we recognize him as king and lord of our lives, we will naturally follow him in paths of righteousness. That it won't become this hard work thing. It'll just be keeping an eye on the shepherd. It'll be keeping an eye on the shepherd. As soon as I saw this, I thought, did Jesus have a crook? I really want him to have a crook. 
Because having a crook, a crook, by the way, is that staff that shepherds have. And it's literally to grab all the sheep and yank them out of trouble. So I thought, you know what? He's probably got several crooks. I think he's got a whole stack of them just for me. So, but all we need to do, you want to know what the will of God is for your life? Fix your attention on the shepherd. Fix your attention on the shepherd. And then you can just enjoy the ride. Fix your attention on him. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He knows where to go. He knows a plan for your life. Yeah, but I have a plan for my own life. How's that working out? Great. Really? Soul rest? Great. Always? Forever? Isn't it so much better that as Christians, those that say, we, that, that put Jesus as king in our lives, to be able to go, my one thing today is keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. Start the day with him. Read to see how he lived his life. Follow after him. And if you think that sounds strange, that's what Jesus told us to do. Follow me. Become an apprentice. Do what I did. And then there's this beautiful second aspect of righteousness. Is that it's relationship with others. It would be a little odd if it was just a shepherd with one sheep striding off into the distance. And there are times, biblically, we've seen that, 99 plus 1. More likely that he grabbed the one, threw it on his shoulders. But we're born into community. We need community. There is security in community. And can I say that when we have a strong relationship with God, then our strong relationship with others becomes a natural part of that. Because what did Jesus say? Love God. Love others. It's connected. Righteousness, it's connected. We're not meant to do this alone. Sheep die by themselves. So I'm so grateful for the mini crowd that we have here this morning. And the next crowd that I keep calling crowds, like there's, there's not hundreds in here, I promise you. Um, but the next crowd at 11 a.m., even those little steps, it's a little flock. Get into your flocks. Get together. Let's look at what Jesus does and says together. And as you commit to following the shepherd, others will follow. See this big dude at the front? <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. He's been eating too, many, too much grass. I don't know. But just to, it's fascinating watching sheep. Often it'll just take one to follow and others follow. We make the decision. Maybe you want to put this into the analogy of your family. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe it's your children. Parents, I've said this to you so many times. The number one thing, the most important thing you can do in how to parent your kids is you get up in the morning. You be the one that places your attention on Jesus. You follow after Jesus and leave them to God. The number one most important parenting seminar happens first thing in the morning with your Bible and journal and coffee or whatever. Best parenting seminar there is. Because as God guides you, you will guide them. They will instinctively know, the Bible says, what is right and wrong. And then leave the rest to God. Easy said. Hey, I know that. I know it's easy said. It's tough. Because you're up here and they're wandering around over here. And you're like, what are you doing over there? It's a good question. And that will be one of the eternal mysteries of parenting. You follow after the shepherd. You follow after the shepherd. They start looking past you and start seeing the shepherd. Isn't that good? 
that they'll, that they'll start noticing what you're looking at. Your employees will start noticing what you look at. Your, your friends, your neighbors, your, uh, your, your relationships, your family, your kids will start noticing who you are committed to. It's his path that you're following. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray and caused them to roam. They wandered over mountains and hill and forgot their own resting place. And that might be a little of you today. Maybe you can relate to this verse. You might feel a little lost. Maybe you've gone astray. Maybe it's you're roaming around. I'll try this for a bit. I'll try this for a bit. Let's see if this is the answer. Let's see. Let's see if moving to this place is the answer. No? Okay, let's move to this place. Maybe it's this school. No? Well, I'll go to this school. Well, maybe it's this job. Maybe it's that job. Maybe it's this job. You're just roaming. Maybe it's this self-help book. (gasps) No, this is the answer. Oh, well, this new book came out. This is the one. And you're paying money left, right, and center, roaming around, lost, astray. Maybe it's Maybe it's mindfulness. Maybe it's no God at all. That's way freer. Let's do that. Maybe it's this God. Maybe it's I just need to go hug a tree every day. Maybe it's crystals. I'm going to rub them on my forehead. I, I mean, th- th- these are real things. And we're just roaming. We're just roaming. All the time Jesus is saying, follow, follow me. Paths of righteousness. Green pastures, waters. Yeah, you know what? Remember Superstition Mountain? Sometimes it'll be tough. But I'm there constantly guiding, constantly giving water. And you've forgotten your resting place. Maybe this describes you. And let me finish with this verse. Who is the person who fears the Lord? He will show him or her the way he should go. He should choose. He will live a good life. Sign me up for that. And his descendants will inherit the land. You see that again? His sheep, his family, his descendants, her descendants will inherit the land. Why? Because we've chosen. We've chosen the Lord. That's why I love Psalm 23. It's so encouraging and practical for today. So here's what I want you to do this week. This week, continue with Mark. Like I said last week, read through Mark, literally writing down what Jesus says and does and how he responds, things that you notice as you go. But I cannot, I cannot stress how important it is that every day you look to see where the shepherd is going in your own life and then just quietly be conscious of his guidance in the day. If you become mindful of him, that's the best mindfulness you can do. Become mindful of him. Place your attention on what is right and wrong. Sense whether or not you are leaning one way or the other. Spend time with Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen? Amen. God bless you if you're watching online. We pray you have a a wonderful week. I'm going to pray and then then it will move on to the rest of the uh, church online. And uh, we really do pray. And come, sign up. You can start signing up to come and join us. Uh, It opens up on Tuesday, and uh, we'd love to see you and uh, register, and it'll be good to see you next week. God bless. Let's pray. Jesus, your word is so rich. 
And I'm so grateful that you make it so simple. Forgive us, Lord, for making it so complicated. That, Lord, seeking your will can be really difficult and confusing and worrying. And, and Lord, I'm thankful that you say, actually, just follow me. I'll show you. And so, Lord, I pray that we as a, as a church family, those who are listening online, that, Lord, we would just be dedicated to going day to day. That, Lord, we have an eye to the future, absolutely. But, Lord, today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That I want to dwell in your presence today, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that this week it will be a rich week because your people at Willow Park Church have dedicated themselves to seeking out the Good Shepherd. And Lord, for those who don't know you, I pray that even now they would be responding in the, in the chat area, that Lord, they would be pressing the connect or, or saying, yeah, I want to know more about Jesus. Lord, I pray that God, that you will become the Good Shepherd to more people this week, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you online, and uh, we'll see you next week.